0: This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Wow. The fastest, the easiest, the most professional, the most user-friendly and customer-supported way to make your very own portfolio, website, blog, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first website or domain. That is squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. Sweet. It is.
1: So we got those opening jokes on tap for of thumbs, <laughs> where we just goof around to say wacky stuff to each other. Oh yeah, generate Gen wild packed. memes. Gross. What?
0: That Ge- doesn't mean what it once did. Generate wild memes. Yeah.
1: I think it, I think it means about the same. Was thing. Was that?
0: Are you making a Pokemon joke? Oh gross! Someone? No, no, okay.
1: Mm, no, I've never played Pokemon, Chris. Reticulating memes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut, <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Boo! Okay. <laughs> Reticulating memes. Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Opening with Mario.
2: Yeah. I'm it's November
1: thirtieth, twenty seventeen. This is Idle
0: Thumbs uh, 314. <laughs> nice. Yes, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brogan. I'm Jake Rodkin. I remembered that only because on our other podcast, Important If True, there was an email from a guy who oh. sees the number 314 oh, in his yes. life everywhere, and he's like, and by an amazing coincidence, the next episode of Idle Thumbs is episode 314, and then I was sitting here in my chair just now in actual life paralyzed because I realized I didn't know what episode of Vital Thumbs it was and then the light bulb went on over my head and I remember that guy and going, went, oh, 314, 314, <laughs>
1: 314. <314." laughs>
0: so thanks, nice. thanks, yeah. important if
1: true listener, Welcome to you your are. hell. It's December 7th, 2017. Anyway. Uh, it's what? December 7th. Oh, yeah. Oh, 28 No, seventeen. Shit, fuck. Hey, <laughs> whoa. Um, How's it going, you guys? It's going great. All right. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, you know, been playing that
0: Mario. I've been playing oh. that Mario. Yeah, I wish I were playing that Mario. Yeah, Maybe I should a Switch. I
1: really recommend a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I know. It's like have, a really good system. See, you did. I cursed you by giving you my Wii U. I know because you have that. I passed. I, I was worried that I was going to be cursed yeah. to play Zelda on the Wii U and then go, fuck, I played Zelda and I don't have a Switch now. Mm hmm. Uh, cause that Mario is coming up yep. and then I did definitely pass that curse on to you by giving you yes. a Wii U and the Zelda. Yeah. And now I'm playing Mario and you're yeah. sitting there with your Wii U going, what the fuck is Well, the is problem the is the it's like this?
0: just enough of yep. it to, to be like, well, Jake just like lent me his Wii U for free. So like, do I really <laughs> want to spend hundreds of dollars now that I already kind of have the thing, right. but I don't have Mario. I yep. don't have that Mario.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I probably won't play this, but it's it's exciting. I'm tempted to buy it again. Doom, like 2016 Doom is out on the Switch. That's funny. I don't think it runs, I don't know what its it's frame rate and ultimate fidelity level are or whatever, but I also don't care because I've seen just YouTube videos of people playing Doom on the Switch. Yeah. And it's so satisfying looking to just see, like that game is so like fast paced and arcadey that it, it seems like playing that on a handheld system would work fine. Um, it's
0: probably true. I mean, I think just for me I would I, I would I, I want it's that it's, mouse and keyboard, I, but yeah, the, yeah, that's kind the, of a fun like almost a novelty.
1: Yeah, and I mean if you're a person who already is fine playing games like that on oh, on, sure. on a yeah. dual stick, yeah. right. Being like but just the 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 crunchiness of that game and the rapidity of things, like the rate of things happening, it basically has it has the cadence of uh of like a Mario game in some ways to the point that someone just in terms of how quickly things are happening all the time and how quickly you're reacting to things and ricocheting off of things, someone made a very quick YouTube video that was just that huge uh, big band jazz number from Mario Odyssey on top of a montage of Doom, and it was incredibly <laughs> gratifying. Um,
0: too bad the too bad the uh, sort of tradition of Nintendo partnering with third-party developers when they like, bring their games to Nintendo platforms didn't manifest in something like that being an action i mean i could given how outrageous doom is and, and how much that game just how self-indulgent that game is which is one of the things that's that really worked about it it's too bad that
1: that wasn't actually i wonder if real it's still too bloody and messed up for nintendo to sidle up yeah, that closely that's to. I mean, probably I think true yeah. They're they're probably really happy that it's on the system oh, yeah. like bethesda yeah. in general seems to be doing stuff on the switch because yeah. skyrim Sky Run and doom and are both yeah, on yeah. there um, but yeah, it's probably a little bit too close for Nintendo to have like yeah. the "I'm Your One Up Girl" big band song playing and then ending with Doom Marine and a blood-covered Mario like back to back. As imagine though that Doom trailer that ends with the recreation of the Doom One box art, except that he's back to back with like a blood-covered Luigi. Oh gross! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like
1: that. Actually, oh no, I love <laughs> that it.
0: That just that now I just am imagining the deviant art version. Okay, what that, if it's Waluigi?
1: Don't... Is that okay?
0: Oh, That's better. That's better.
1: actually what's sure. better is if that all happens and then it reveals Waluigi looking on a CRT monitor pressing buttons to deploy the, <laughs> to deploy the demons yeah.
0: oh my god oh see that's the that's the that's, team what, up that's, that you, that's want. What you want you is, want it to be revealed yeah. that
1: Waluigi is the one who has like created this Waluigi's horrible scenario Waluigi's demon keeper yeah <laughs> <laughs> Waluigi, a doom game Waluigi's yeah. Was, yeah Waluigi's yeah.
0: doom master <laughs> man yeah Waluigi is DMing E1M1 <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope are you listening, Nintendo? That are you also, listening, Bethesda? That
0: also is the, like, given the um, weird, you know, Mario Rabbids
1: XCOM Yeah, thing yeah, and, I mean, they're
2: already and, like, doing this, right? Yeah, this is, so. this is <laughs> Mario like, that's
1: Rabbids like, XCOM set the precedent for yeah. Waluigi creating well, a cultist-fueled <laughs> hellscape on Mars for a space marine right. to chop his way through. Well,
0: no, I just mean, like, the taking, instead of Doom being you literally run around with a gun and gorily blast robots in a very... <laughs> Sort of high fidelity way. It's like no, it's this sort of one step abstracted version where you just like lay that you yourself aren't committing intense personal violence. You're just sort of enabling uh, outrageousness. Uh, I could. I mean, they're completely. not going to do this obviously, but I could see
1: it. I could. yeah. No, that that totally tracks. I mean, if you take the Rabbids and Mario and then decide you're going to make an XCOM, why not take uh, the Waluigi? Sort of
2: universe, universe,
1: and <laughs> doom, and then make a like dungeon keeper, right? Or evil genius or yeah. whatever. Yeah, out of why it. Not, oh, yeah. Why not
0: Nintendo? Obviously, it's ridiculous that you haven't done this yet. <laughs> Come on, Nintendo, what are you waiting for? It'd only
2: take you like a couple of weeks because yeah. those games already, games already exist. exist.
1: <laughs> they exist, so you just put them together.
0: <laughs> it should be even easier.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we heard it's really spend easy. Spend the to- extra
0: time just making it like really good.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah spend the extra time on at least ten additional FPS. <laughs> or multiplayer. Or multiplayer. Just say I'm multiplayer. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, Mario. <laughs> anyway, now that, now that our... Uh, we're professional game developers, and our game development segment uh, is now complete, so...
0: Yeah, backseat
1: game development. Uh,
0: I really like... I guess it. that represents probably, like, 40% of all video game commentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mario Odyssey's good. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. If you're wondering if, if it's I, good. I am actually wondering, because I... I haven't seen, I mean, maybe it's just a function of, like, I'm sure, in fact, it's a function of just what I happen to be tapped into right now. But I've seen less discussion about it than I would have expected.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think it was way less of a shock than Breath of the Wild was. I mean, Breath of the Wild or was... Or, like,
0: Mario Galaxy back in the day.
1: Yeah, I think it's less of a shock than Mario Galaxy as well. It, I think, yeah, it's it's... A Mario game that is really well made it has things in it that are that are very different than the existing Mario formula but it's nowhere near a complete rethink as something like I Breath see. of the Wild is you know mm. um, it really feels like a combination of a lot of the better parts of Mario 64 and the better parts of Mario Sunshine in that like it's it's got all of the spaces that you're in are actual coherent Spaces in the way that Mario Sunshine was, or some of the places in Mario Galaxy, like the sort of the bigger landmasses in Mario Galaxy. If you remember any of those, where it's just, I don't. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just not yeah. all floating platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't have you don't have the flood floating uh, the water cannon or anything like that in yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah. Obviously, the thing that you but you have do is, have
0: a totally wacky mechanic. Yes,
1: you you have a hat that you can throw on any enemy that is not wearing a hat. And possess them. Yeah. And many enemies that are wearing hats, you can throw the hat, your hat at them once, and it knocks their hat off, which mm-hmm. means that you can then occupy their hat space with your hat and become them. Yeah. Uh, which, in practice, means that every like every world has a handful of you know there's there's shared ones like there's Goombas and whatever in all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. There's unique enemies in most of these worlds that turn your control set into basically a weird, different indie game for a minute. Mm. Like, there's weird little caterpillars that are crawling around, and if you possess them you can press a button to sort of plant their back feet on the ground and then stretch their head out into the distance. <laughs> like Navi
2: Nabi or something?
1: Uh, kind of, yes. Yeah. So you can get to really far off platforms uh, and then sort of go – and then grab onto that and go whoop mm. and then release your butt. I think it's sort of inspired by when you actually see caterpillars that will do that where they'll mm. sort of go from leaf to leaf by yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Going, like extending themselves up in a weird yeah. way. And like there's just – there's little robots that hop around sort of like those little wind-up toys that like – will sort of spring and do a jump. Mm. Actually what that reminds me of the is Goomba the Goomba from the stupid Super yeah, Mario Brothers it's the like Mario Brothers Happy yeah, Meal toy. Happy meal. Yeah, yeah. there's like what? <laughs>
0: Mari- How did you guys both know what you were talking about just now? Because I had that. Because it's
1: a video <laughs> game podcast, Chris. We're gamers.
0: Yeah. Uh, d- Sorry. Describe what you're talking about.
1: Oh. D- uh, <laughs> oh. The the Super Mario Bros. 3 Happy Meal toys included a Goomba that had a spring inside of it and a suction cup. So I think you could press it down to the ground yeah. and then the, it, the spring would build up enough resistance <laughs> to try and pull the suction cup up that it would do a little like backflip hop and then land again. Uh, and you can possess it. Actually, the model in the game, I saw
2: a screenshot or something. The model looks like it's taken almost from that toy. I don't know, like it's it or it's just like really on model of that era of Goomba or something. Like it just immediately reminded me well, of that, the, so the, it's
1: hilarious. It has the same mechanic. No, the Goombas don't literally do that. There's robots that do that. Oh, uh, but the, the, sorry, it's weird to describe. Um, it's mini game wow, mechanic that is in Mario, way, a
0: way weirder comparison. <laughs> <laughs> that you're comparing this mechanic to a, an, what is it's, actually an unrelated but also Mario related. The, toy. the movement
1: just felt the same. Yeah, yeah sure, that's uh, really funny. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> but the, there's all that sort of stuff all over the place. But the the biggest change in this is that in um, basically every post Mario sixty four Mario game of that heritage, like which is Mario. 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, and Galaxy 2, I guess. Um, when 3D... Those ones are way more traditional in, sure. the, in terms of what I'm about to say, which is that you, you, when you're going after shines or moons or whatever the heck the thing is, you, you usually you pick the level from the map or from the whatever menu screen, and there's only one active objective in that level, and they'll mm. sort of rearrange the level for you to complete that quest. Then you do it. It'll take you back to the main menu, and if you want to rerun that level for an optional challenge, mm-hmm. you can... This game That's
0: kind of how Mario Run works, even though it's totally yes. linear.
1: In this game, though, the levels are measurably bigger than a Mario 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy level. Like, the actual contiguous space is way bigger, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of moons in them. And you can find them basically in whatever order you want. There's always sort of the, like, critical path main storyline one. But the whole point, really, is to just dig into the nooks and crannies of these levels by way of doing Mario platforming stuff or mixing it up with how you're using the different enemies. To like, The whole point is basically just you're inside of these little self-contained bubble playgrounds and just go nuts and do weird Mario stuff. And you're almost always going to be rewarded by f- there being something in the place that you think is interesting to try and get to. Uh, as opposed to in the old games where you'd be like, "Wow, that's a cool place. I wonder if I can climb up to it," and there's nothing there, and then mm-hmm. like three stars later, like, "Oh, now this is the this is the star quest that I'm supposed to get up up there." Like it, the sort of just nonlinear exploratory nature of it is the thing that reminds me of of Breath of the Wild, and a sort of the concession I think to more modern thinking about how your game levels can work, but it doesn't feel gross, and again, it doesn't have that sort of Assassin's Creed style thing where you're just given... You're never given a map showing where all of them are. The only thing you're given is a blank list of the number of moons that there are in the level and then when you find them they get added in. Also occasionally characters will tell you the name of one or approximately where it is on the map and then its name will sort of appear grayed out and that's a hint but other than that it's just sort of wander around at your own leisure and explore at your own leisure and find things. each level you have to find X number of them to sort of charge up your ship and unlock the next world on the map. But other than that, it's just yeah. basically mess around, which, you know, I think Galaxy was getting closer to that, but it was still a slightly different model than this where it was a lot of smaller disconnected pieces. Mm. But because of that, because it's so focused on just basically Marioing the shit out of these 3D spaces, it mm-hmm. feels a lot closer to the older ones to me than to... Than to Galaxy or that's 3D cool. Land or 3D World, which are a lot more about the cycle of going in, yeah, doing yep. it, coming back out to the map, going in again. This is more just like b- be the amount of like uninterrupted Mario time, if you will. It's Mario yeah. time yeah. <laughs> uh, is way is way higher in this game, that's, which is cool. I
0: mean, do you draw any parallel between that and the way Breath of the Wild works, which is yeah, sort of just I yeah, think so. Yeah.
1: That's that's the part that feels like that feels similarly inspired, even though Mario is obviously not a giant contiguous yeah, yeah, overworld. Yeah, that, that feeling of, I mean, you can press the minus button and then a map unfolds of, mm. that's just huge, hmm. and it shows you all the things you have found, and it shows you the possibility space of the world, that, and you can just infer from where, you, where there aren't a bunch of things clustered. Oh, I haven't gone over there and dug deep enough into that part of the map yet. And that feels very similar yeah. to Zelda. Um, but this being a sort of Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine heritage game, that map is like a trifold tourist map of the area, <laughs> and you can zoom in on it, but then if you go to the margins, there's actually, like, a tourism bureau photos and, like, copy written explaining all of the wondrous <laughs> sights uh, of each yeah. of these places, like... Uh, And I thought that conceit was really good. As a fan of the Mario's vacation conceit of Mario Sunshine, (laughs) which is another, which is, that's actually a weirdly direct connection to Mario Sunshine, which is all about you going to this like tourist resort, Yeah. uh, but then Bowser's there. And also there's a bad Mario there. There's Mm -hmm. no bad Mario in this game. That's good. There are some shitty bosses in this game. From a character design standpoint, there's these like weird rabbits- that are just these really rabbits. rabbits. <laughs> no, they're just weird. They're just weird, unappealing characters. Huh. Mm. <sighs> it's fine. Yeah, Mario 3D World brought back the Koopa kids from Mario 3 and Mario World, and that was a co- the correct choice. Yeah. Yeah. And this game has these strange, just ugh, ugh those rabbits. Yeah. ugh, I feel so happy when I destroy them because I, <laughs> I don't have to look at them anymore. Wow. I, what are they? They're I mean, just like ugh. <laughs> I mean, I think they're supposed to be unappealing, but they—they they kind of. Look, wow, that's too bad. They kind of look like they're drawn from the same sort of old animation legacy as something like Cuphead, except that they're then mm. sort of filtered through that modern Mario character design filter. That's just mm. not quite doesn't quite land. Yeah. Um, the actual fights are pretty good. Like the Mario boss fights, sometimes are good and sometimes they're not great. And yeah. on the whole, they're pretty lightweight and oh, fun. Oh no! In
0: this. Is it this? Yeah. This is like a Sonic character. That. <laughs>
1: That one, is, oh. that one is a Sonic character. The other one barely even looks like a rabbit. Yeah, the other weird, Ugh. they're weird, they're weird creatures. They're very satisfying to destroy because they leave the screen. Um, well, there's already some the art you would expect. Uh, Chris, what are you doing? The... <laughs> it's just a Google image search. Yeah,
0: well, don't do it. Oh, <laughs> oh no! It gets way worse when you scroll further. Don't oh, do okay, it. Right. Don't
1: do it. Anyway, I don't.
0: They should have known this would happen.
1: I'm sure they did but whatever those characters are the most minor element of what is otherwise i find a very fun game i feel like uh, we should talk about new donk city for a little bit i was going to ask about yeah. new donk city we before we ended new this donk conversation because new donk yeah. city is is the beating heart of mario odyssey is it in my actually opinion. no it's just one level <laughs> along the way okay. <laughs> this game is this game is ridiculous in that regard where it's just every level is just a different aesthetic and a different everything is different about yeah, that yeah, way yeah, yeah, yeah. um New Dock City is like human land. It's all, it's all the things we expected it to be, um, but I kind of I, it's a kind of a delight. New Dock City <laughs> is like I kind of wish more of Mario Odyssey was New Dock City because the reason that I said it's the beating heart is because the contrast, the weird aesthetic contrasts mm-hmm. of Mario Odyssey are highest <laughs> mm-hmm. in New Dock That's City,
0: even from screenshots. Like
1: you fly in there in your fucking metal steampunk flying top hat ship from the, the Hat World where you find your <laughs> hat buddy. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, there's, there are people who hate that hat. I love that hat because that hat is insane. The ship
0: or the one on you?
1: The ha- little hat friend. You're ha- you're happy. Yeah, Cappy. Mm. There are people who hate Cappy, and I'm all about Cappy because I think <laughs> Cappy. I find Cappy to be the most awkward character, and I think <laughs> I think it's slightly on purpose because this is, this whole game is kind of couched as like a road trip between Mario and this Cap. Because at right. the beginning of it, he's Mario is uh, finds himself on Cap World. I think. God, I don't remember the whole opening. But it's like Bowser kidnaps Princess Peach and then also kidnaps a hat. <laughs> and then Cappy's like, We both have people who were kidnapped. We should team up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then he's like, I've got if we can get my ship working, I can take you to where Bowser is. So then every time you complete you power up the ship enough to leave a world, it just really goes B-b-b-b-. it has like a little like a little motorboat engine and sort of puts out of there and floats away. And it clearly takes a long fucking time to get between worlds because there's a little travel time of Mario and Cappy sitting in two chairs uh, in the ship, just sort of sitting there. <laughs> and Cappy is just like, or first should, you see Mario sort of looking out the window, then he settles into sitting down, and then Cappy goes, well, we've got some time, so let's just let's talk about some of your moves that you can do. And you just sort of talk about some cool Mario moves, yeah. and Mario goes, hmm. And then it just cuts back to, bup, 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 to the ship just puttering along again. <laughs> so like, so these- it's really playing <laughs> up that little, like awkward silence. Yeah, it, I don't know how deliberate it is, but it feels like it's just <laughs> like, they're just sort of like settled into the comfortable mode of like this is a long trip together. Yeah, and occasionally someone this strikes like, up a little bit of like conversation.
0: Mumblecore road trip.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is a total. It is a total like it feels borderline like the closest to Mario thing could get to. Yeah, like a weird sort of mumblecore indie experience uh, of of two characters just stuck in an RV yeah. traveling across the entire like North America. Yeah. I, I really relish those travel moments because of that. Like, it's so rare in a Mario game yeah. to hear nothing but just like, like, the, just the, the quiet looping of sure. an engine yeah. and, and like just occasional like wind wisps. It's such a strange aesthetic. And then uh, the reason New Donk City is fucking fantastic for this is that that ship lands, and at the beginning, New Donk City doesn't have music and it's nighttime and it's raining. So uh, you've been in this, like, wacky sky world, yeah. jungle world, and then you just, like, it's just, like, pff, like r- like this crazy noir city scene, and then this metal-ass chrome hat just goes, <laughs> and then just, the door yeah. comes down, and then Mario and a hat come out into this city, and everyone's like, this city is totally fucked up now that Bowser is here. Can you str- like it's like it's like Zack Snyder's Watchmen, but right. starring Mario and it's, a hat? You had, you had your
0: Noah Bombach segment, and then it transitions. <laughs> yeah, to your and then this fucking
1: Snyder Watchmen segment. owl ship lands, except that it's a chrome <laughs> hat and a fucking goblin wearing a sentient hat come out to this rain-soaked city beset by a monster. <laughs> you get through the opening segment by sort of kicking Bowser out. Then they're like, "Okay, now." Oh, the other piece of this is that New Donk City is run. Uh, By a woman named Mayor Pauline. Pauline is the girl from Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Kong 1. Wow. And the implied weird lore of this, that Pauline has been there and kind of, like Mario and Pauline are written to have some familiarity. Uh Mm -hmm. At least Pauline seems to remember remember Mario, but Mario can't talk. So it's hard to... Mario can't talk? I mean, he doesn't speak in full sentences, right? right. He's Mario. He's not <laughs> he like, him. oh, hey, Pauline. It's been a yeah. long time. Yeah. But like, Mario just fucking doesn't say anything. And mm-hmm. Pauline's like, oh, cool. you're You're here. Great. Can you help with this weird thing that we have going on? <laughs> and that's strange because clearly you're out to... Rescue your true love from Bowser, who's trying to marry her by putting a sentient like bridal tiara on her that was stolen from Hat World. Yeah. And then you run into your fucking ex-girlfriend, who's the mayor of this city, uh, who you're fucking up. Like, it's just... <laughs> so the Noah Baumbach, uh Cut to putt, put, putt, 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 yeah, putt, but awkward <laughs> silence after that Yeah, exactly <laughs> like, yeah, the, He's like, the, the so the you want to talk about your moves Or something else You
2: want <laughs> yeah. uh, anything <laughs>
1: What? The hat's just like, what was that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah, so so the I do not want to talk uh, about uh, No, Mario doesn't say anything yeah. Mario just suddenly <laughs> has true. a 5 o'clock yeah. shadow yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. is just <laughs> quietly Like Steve Carell, Little Miss Sunshining In the corner over there as they putt out of there but in between all of this stuff, New Donk City is out of control because it starts with that rain-drenched uh, sort of noir thing. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it's a Mario level, but you're climbing all over pl- the city. Uh, and then it becomes daytime. You, you defeat the sort of mini-boss that is a weird, like, alien centipede thing that I guess Bowser has left there to sap the powers of life because he's trying to get electricity. Whatever, you kill sure. a mini-boss. And the city is powered again, which makes it daylight, which raises very strange questions about the construction of New Donk City <laughs> and whether or not it's actually a reality is or it not. A, is, it a, is it a
0: perpetually dark world only illuminated by its own power? Right, or is it
1: like a Truman Show situation? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But then Pauline says, great, you got the power on. Let's celebrate. Uh, I need for us to celebrate. We're going to have this big festival and I need you to recruit a band. So you have to go around the city that is now sort of a fully unlocked version of, the, of this giant city map, mm-hmm. and there's just four guys around jamming on instruments. Uh-huh. Uh, I found a uh, moped, and I thought, oh, I'm totally going to possess that fucking moped. So I threw my hat at it, and then Mario just ran after the hat and jumped on the moped and rode it around like a regular car. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so always full of surprises. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you recruit this mm-hmm. band... And they're all over, they're they're sort of like the moons, the main moons of this level. Like they they're the things that the give you collectibles. They're the things that yeah, when you save them or when you find them, like oh yeah, I'll play, and then they give you the little moon okay. reward. But each time that you save one of them, the level actually does move you into the band arena. It does it does like the more old old style Mario thing where it resets, mm-hmm. except that each new each new person you recruit they're adding to what is eventually revealed to be a live four-person combo version of the Mario 1 theme song, and it's really good oh, sounding. Nice. And if Mario stands still in that room for too long, he just starts dancing to it, That's which cool. is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and also, it in a thing that feels very, like, Blues Brothers-y, the more of the band that gets together, the more crowd shows up in the yeah. room, and they eventually start <laughs> clapping along. Eventually, when you get all four band members, Pauline says, oh, I have the, my surprise for the city is that I'm going to sing a song for everyone, and then she sings that crazy big band song that's in all the trailers and then it turns into a wild end game or end of level like the final challenge of the level almost feels like a sonic the hedgehog thing or something because a a piece of this a piece of mario odyssey that i didn't really talk about is you can go if you see like an 8-bit pipe in the world which are all over the place you go in and you appear on the wall in the 2d Mm, that's cool yeah in the style of kind of the Mario Galaxy levels that were like mm-hmm. that, except that those were those were still 3D, but your mechanics were 2D, or like that Zelda there game. Was a Zelda game, yeah. The, the Nintendo loves putting you on a wall and putting mm-hmm. you in 2D. The end of New Donk City, y- you end up blipping uh, between 2D and 3D. Uh, but the 2D stuff is all in on, on the walls of skyscrapers in the city that are not fully constructed. So hmm. you're in these th- you're walking along walls of 3D girder filled skyscrapers and then suddenly the barrels from Pixel art barrels from Donkey Kong start oh, showing man. up. And then as you you hmm. cut, you know, you eventually make your way up the skyscraper and it's 2D, but then the background falls away. So you're a 2D sprite Mario. Mm. And behind you is a stage with a crazy light show and a big band number playing with lights flashing all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you're in the foreground on what feels like glass playing Donkey Kong, but with yeah. modern <laughs> Mario platforming controls. Wow. Is then Pauline fuck- in
0: there singing? No. Okay. She's,
1: well, she's singing in 3D in the right. inside of the skyscraper. Yeah, yeah there's just a yeah. big band concert. But she's the Donkey yes. Kong character. Yeah, so you get to the end and then fucking pixel art Donkey Kong is there who you kill. <laughs> oh, gee, you defeat donkey kong so i'm like did i just get played massively by pauline like what is this world that has yeah. fake daylight controlled by v- evil forces and then i destroy the the donk of new donk city for pauline who i abandoned decades ago for another woman and then i paw- put away on my hat that's
0: pretty fair revenge from pauline though she was fucking captured yeah by guy.
1: machiavellian like, anti-fascist Pauline has yeah, used me. Uh, an asshole. An asshole. A fucking <laughs> shithead. Uh, yeah. It was... It was, it was like... A, well, I think
0: we know the plot of the upcoming Mario film. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's a thing.
1: Escape oh, from God. New Donk City. Yeah. Yeah. John Carpenter's Escape from New <laughs> New, New Donk. Uh, the... That whole sort of sensory experience of the end of New Donk City was so satisfying and good. The reason yeah. that it, I mean, the reason that it felt like an, uh, a modern Sonic game was because it had that, like, blaring out-of-control big band music and the weird mix of super bright colors and high-contrast yeah. red-blue, like, sh- that, that dance show in the background. And, Plus and the, the distressing
0: weird... confluence of human beings and non-human yes. beings. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes! There's three tiers! Because Pauline is sort of a... She's not... A like Mario or Princess Peach aesthetic character, but she's not. She's not a, she's not oh, a New Donk City uh, person okay. either. She mm-hmm. has like the proportions. She's the missing link. She has yes, she has the proportions of the sort of New Donk City humans that look like Grand Theft Auto Three characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but has like an anime character face.
0: Mm. It's weird. It's too bad. And
1: then mm-hmm. so there's that's all happening while well, you're a pixel art character defeating right. a pixel art <laughs> yeah. Donkey Kong. Yeah. It was insane, and it. But it was very satisfying feeling. Yeah. Also, all that was happening while well, I was going. What is this world? <laughs> what is this? And then I got to the end, and then the hat's like, "Well, we got enough uh, juice to leave. Peace out. We got really gotta go, Mario. <laughs> Whatever this was.
0: Yee. <laughs> I'm from a world of only hats, and this shit's way <laughs> yeah, more fucked
1: up. I thought that people uh, were just a hat strange. with eyes. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> That's what just—that's all that I knew. <laughs> but you've shown me things that I can't unsee. <laughs> Let's leave it. Go to that jungle world with the Happy Meal toys. Uh, anyway.
0: Wow, I was not expecting any of this. No, uh, very little of it. Anyway,
1: it's really
3: good.
0: It's good it sounds game. really good. It makes you've made me want to play it more than I already do. Yeah. 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 Do you guys think Mario is going to talk in the Mario movie? Like, can you make an entire <sighs> feature? F- Who's making? It's Illuminations, which made like Secret Life of Pets and stuff, which I've never seen. I mean, they made a Minion movie. I've never seen any of these movies, so whatever. But they're making a Mario movie, and it's hard for me to imagine a feature length film about a character who simply doesn't speak.
2: Oh, he's going to talk. There's
0: no question. How can he
1: not talk? But is he going to talk? I can't.
0: Ah. God, I don't know. Because, I mean, know. he
1: says, ow, 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 and he says, it's to me and stuff. And he goes, oh. Yeah. Mm. It
0: would be interesting.
2: Oh, it would be
1: definitely more interesting if they made a film in which the they'd... protagonist... Yeah.
0: A children's film... A, okay, mm. a big Hollywood children's film in which the protagonist barely speaks. That would be very interesting, but I do not expect them to no. tackle that challenge. No. Interestingly. But then,
1: what is it?
0: I know. Yeah. Because
1: it's it's Illumination movies are generally less sort of... They're way less about the sort of poignant emotional lessons learned. And they're more, they're goofs. goofs. Were they Secret Life of Pets as well? Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah. okay. They're just like a rollicking adventure in which everyone falls through a window and then piles onto each other. And then the guy on the bottom is the smallest one who gets squished a bunch and then farts. And then everyone goes, oh! And then (laughs) has to get off of the pile of wacky creatures. Yeah. Um, That... That model also can't really apply to Nintendo, I don't think, because Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, ma- well, w- hmm. all bets are off if Wario yeah. and Waluigi are in this. God, imagine. Oh, man. Okay, so if this movie, I'm actually let's, okay. Let's I'm all- hope this movie succeeds oh, just you know, for the
0: Mario cinematic universe. The illumination well, in that which with- Wario
1: and Waluigi yeah, are the yeah. foils, and Mario and Luigi yeah. are the protagonists. There's a there's a version of that movie where Mario and and Luigi don't have to talk that much. That's true. I think that's probably mm. true. Yeah. If Bowser is the protagonist and just kidnaps Princess Peach because he wants to marry well, her, what? that
2: model. What's I the mean, n- Minion's character, the Steve Carell, the the guy, you know the. The what? guy the minion, in Minions. The, you know, they made a movie oh, the, f- just the, for him.
1: The, well, they did it for, He was the first one, Despicable Me. Despicable
2: Me. Oh, yes, yes, right. Oh, yeah, okay, if yeah. that that's is right, Waluigi? Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, that's got to be the mold for this, talk, right? No, 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 character. he talks, but the Minions, I think, are sort of like... I can imagine them There's, kind of okay. filling the, the mold there. For, There's for a like, version
0: of this movie... Okay, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Yeah. Hmm. Are Minions the good guys? They're
2: the Minions of that... They're the Minions of, of that villain, but they're just sort of agents of chaos, I think. I think the Minions are
1: just... I don't really... The minions all want whatever the fuck they want. And I think that yeah. it's just various b- base needs. Okay. Like, so they're like to Bacchanalian. Goops. They're like... Yeah, they want to eat and fuck. They're like
0: hedonists. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in honor of gods. In honor of various deities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> minions, calling a feast for Bacchus. <laughs> That's the uh, Minions meets like Rome Total War uh, crossover for Switch, right? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. which also the battles, has a Waluigi puppet master. The, the battles it. rarely
0: <laughs> extend very long because they just turn into giant orgies, yeah. <laughs> but like really big. It's Total War, so <laughs> cl- fans, longtime fans of the yeah. Total War genre, yeah. will appreciate the scale of the orgies. In I guess minions it would, it would probably actually bodies. be like a
1: uh, it would be uh, a Crusader Kings or a uh, one of oh us. no oh. I mean it would just be a way more gr- it would be a grander grand strategy game where you would uh, yeah. God mm. <laughs> Crusader Kings 2 but the Minions Nation is added in the DLC <laughs> yes,
0: all the other nations are, are just still normal there. gross <laughs> the Holy Roman Empire That's sends not- an emissary
1: yeah yeah <laughs> to the Minions but the Holy Roman this Empire has the fallen
0: pope, the Pope does not approve <laughs>
1: This is after the Minion Nation has conquered the Holy Roman Empire and assumed right. its name, Yeah, and they sent an emissary. and it's There's just probably already a Pope Minion. <sighs> I'm sure who drives around in a Pope car. Yeah. Um, a Mario movie in which the principal conceit is not literally that Bowser has kidnapped Princess Peach, but is instead that Wario and Waluigi show up and just ruin everyone's lives yeah. would probably actually be a really fun movie. Mario like yeah, because that would also give you the like Mario sports thing where Bowser and Princess Peach don't have to be adversarial and side yeah. with Mario and Luigi Which is always way more interesting
0: to me. But What if Bowser captures Princess Peach again? That's what it will what be. could happen?
1: Mario will save the day
0: That's what it's gonna be and it's gonna be stupid
1: uh, if, Maybe if they if they
2: I actually I don't know hmm. yeah I mean mm.
1: if you're Illumination mm. you probably have to be looking and going what if we Lego yeah. movie this and make yeah. this way that's, more about like yeah. that's what I feel weird, like, chaotic I actually the more combinations I think about it. of repairing and like it's gonna have a Mario totally Kart race that. and there's gonna be a ten- yep. we have to yep. we'll settle this in a tennis tournament uh, yeah. that also secretly is on lava and also is Mario Party and also one of us is on a go kart and Waluigi f- farts <laughs> I guess Waluigi doesn't <laughs> fart Waluigi cackles wario eats garlic and farts Mm -hmm. yeah oh god it's gonna happen yeah yep that stuff is all fine if it's just a chaotic mess i think that that would actually be a really fun experience and far more honest to what sort of the entire mario canon is than if they tried and make a like stalwart mario must uh save princess peach like Mm -hmm. that would be bad
0: Do you think Charles Martinet is gonna (laughs) voice Mario if he's a big talker? You mean is he
1: going to voice Mario, Luigi, Wario? Oh my God! Oh Jesus!
0: God, could this be Charles Martinet's like incredible (laughs) star turn?
1: Oh, when he heard (laughs) there's going to be a Mario Brothers movie, he just went. It's Wario time <laughs> <laughs> he, he went crazy
0: oh, Luigi's gonna win The Oscar
1: <laughs> <laughs> best, The best supporting character <laughs> That's as much as he talked He's like Oh, oh that's a lot of words Yeah <laughs> Back to back right there
0: <laughs> Yeah This year's my, This year's uh, Oscars Oscar nominations For best supporting actors Charles Martinet Charles Martinet Charles Martinet, Charles Martinet. Charles Martinet and Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and the winner is God, just, Daniel Day Lewis.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> four different cameras <laughs> <four laughs> four four on, on him. On Charles face. Martinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. From from which he is framed to look uh, like his mini characters because he's mastered. Right. He's got right, the yeah, underlit yeah,
3: yeah.
0: one,
1: the like right. top mm-hmm. down one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Daniel Day Lewis just goes. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay my respects to my fellow nominee. <laughs> I could not imagine a Mario movie in which Charles Martinet does that outrageous cartoon Italian voice and what also has nightmare. to deliver
0: Actual like twenty flights. minutes of
1: spoken lines out of yes. that seventy minutes. Yeah, oh, oh it's, an, it's
0: that'd just, be bad. The, oh, that's horrific to imagine. There's no. I mean, they're not
1: going to do that. What if they, Oh, it, they could introduce a new audience surrogate character. And Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Mm. That's actually,
0: that's totally plausible. How did I get to this?
1: Oh, a denizen of New Donk City falls into Super Mario World. Yeah. (laughs) That's totally plausible. Or Yoshi's just like, hey, dude, I can talk now. What is, how's it going? (laughs) just me, Yoshi. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. (laughs) That just happens. (laughs) Should we take a
0: break? We have to. Okay. Yeah. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Ooh. Yeah, Squarespace is the fastest, the easiest, the most professional user-friendly and customer-supported way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store.
1: Your, like, pod ad patter is very strong <laughs> when it comes to Squarespace these days.
0: Oh, with all the time I've saved uh, making my website, I have so much more time to spend polishing my pod ad patter. That's You, too, can polish your pod ad patter. Uh, by going to Squarespace.com, using the offer code THUMBS at checkout to save 10% off your website or domain. Uh, It's so quick to make. You'll have time for whatever your more worthy hobbies are than the one that I just said.
1: Or, really, if you if you want, you can make a website that just chronicles the uh e- efficiency of Chris's Squarespace ad reads. You make convey it. the information. You make it sound so appealing. Mm-hmm. In such a concise package. That's like yeah, an optimal Squarespace website would achieve the same things, I would say, but about, you know, something of, of note. A value of something any kind. A value of any kind. <laughs> <A value laughs> of any kind. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Squarespace is an incredibly easy tool. You drag and drop stuff. You just edit the pages You know what you see is what you get way. A WYSIWYG.
1: Um, just call it a WYSIWYG. It's
0: WYSIWYG before ever paying for anything or putting in a credit card or making any commitment at all just to make sure that Squarespace is in fact the oh. thing you want and when you know that it is, you just use that promo code thumbs at squarespace.com and you will get 10% off your first order. I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to make just a personal website for myself. Which oh, man. I haven't had in many, many, many years. And I'm just going to do it on Squarespace uh, because I've been putting it off forever. And this way I just know it'll just make it. that it'll just work and, yep. and be good and look nice and work on all the phones and tablets and computers and everything.
1: It'll work on a phablet even.
0: It'll even work on a phablet even on a phablet.
1: Unfortunately, phablets are supported.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. And you too can reinforce this decision by going to squarespace.com using the offer code THUMBS at checkout for 10% off your website or domain. This episode of Bottle Thumbs is also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Oh, yeah, Omaha Steaks. Purveyors of meats and meats of all kind. And even beyond that, other, I would what I would call hearty foods uh, that are delivered to your home in a very nice uh, sort of temperature um, maintaining box, so that you can just put it straight into your fridge or freezer and straight have it in your mouth. Or I mean, I don't know if you want to put it <laughs> straight into your mouth. Well, but they are easy to prepare and can create an entire meal. Recently, I've uh, Sarah and I have been eating those uh, apple tartlets. Mm-hmm. Those are so nice. We've been making them last after dinner or you know, if after if we've watched something together on TV, we'll bake up one of those caramel apple tartlets and just split it between the two of us. And it's such a nice treat. Those things are so goddamn good. Yeah. If you go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code IDLE in the search bar, uh, for only 49.99, Nick Brecken listen to listen to all this Whoa. this stuff you get. Two filet mignon, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, four of those delicious caramel apple tartlets, an Omaha steak seasoning package, and I already said four kielbasa sausages. Actually, four more kielbasa sausages. Oh, I love That's kielbasa eight sausages. Total kielbasa sausages. I want all eight all of those. All for $49.99, which is ridiculous. They're good gifts. If you listen to our other podcast, Important If True, you know the amount of stress that gift-giving causes me, but everyone needs food. So <laughs> for only forty nine ninety nine, 99 you could gift a friend or family member just a ton of food. Just infinite food. Just um. like it's basically infinite food. Uh, that is omahasteaks.com. You enter code IDLE in the search bar. That's the thing to remember, it goes in the search bar, not a sort of promo code. You enter it in the search bar and then it'll give you the deals that mm-hmm. are available with mm-hmm. that, that promo code. omahasteaks.com nice. with the promo code IDLE. <laughs> Are we back? I um have been playing that Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Mm. Which is an
1: I heard that game is highly politicized. I you know, I mean I
0: guess it is. I I <laughs> Sorry, mean it Chris. is. Politicized is definitely true. Yes. I don't know if I necessarily find it to be highly political. Mm. Um I mean it's it definitely has gained political valence in the culture because of what's going on in the world, but Unto itself, just like as a self-contained work, playing it doesn't to to me feel any more politic, intrinsically political than like the previous Wolfenstein game. Yep. I, I mean, it, it may well be the case that I'm not far enough into it to, mm. to see yeah. the the sort of more substantial political elements, and uh, unfortunately, I am limited in that regard because I'm experiencing a bug. That is just straight up presenting me, preventing me from progressing past a certain point. It's at an exact point that the game just fails, and i I'm trying to fix it by that
1: I, you're you're referring to like something intrinsic to the fabric of our nation that the founding fathers failed to <laughs> account <laughs> yeah. for, and yeah, now they, we're trapped.
0: yes, exactly. The game is confronting this failure point in our system. Hmm. And yeah, no, it's just the game stops working just technically, uh, which is which is annoying. Uh, but it's been fun. I've, the amount I've played of it, which has been a few hours, has been fun. And it is the thing, I guess, that has been more uh, resonant to me than the political aspect. Because, again, like the political stuff doesn't feel super like new or different to other similar things. But the thing that has been striking to me is uh, how much the game, which literally exists in an anachronistic past uh it feels like an anachronism as a game as well it's it's so um it's almost strange now to be playing a triple a game and triple a games just have a certain feel that i find sort of hard to quantify most of the time where they are both way more polished and sort of um Graphically Ambitious than say like your average indie game, but also way less polished at the same time I don't, I don't I'm trying to find how to ex- Explain this but like in a first in almost any first-person shooter or a lot of third-person games or really anything Where you are a character in a 3d world running around killing things through whatever means there's just a level of like clunkiness that Is just almost always present in in almost every anything that's not like a Naughty Dog game, you, you know, know just
1: because the level of art fidelity that has to interface with the sort of crispness of the mechanics, yeah, at the present means yeah. that the edges are going to not quite ever, yeah, like
0: the the mechanics have to be really crisp in that, like when you move the mouse or you know use the analog stick or whatever, everything has to translate like one to one, and you there's just like a system of mechanics that is just hard overlaid on top of the world. And because the mechanics are ever present and the world is ever present, those two things lie on top of each other in ways that sometimes just don't quite line up. And that is not a criticism of Wolfenstein. That to me is just a true fact about games of this type. And I'm using games of this type in a very broad way. Um, And the reason, like for instance, a Naughty Dog game pushes back against that and moves the needle in the other direction is because those games are so locked down those games do have verb sets that exist over the world, but there's like a fine tooth special case comb that is dragged over basically every like moment and set piece and scene in a Naughty Dog game to like make sure that as much as possible, the verb set is like tightly enmeshed with the specific area you're in and the thing that's happening and everything is like Mm -hmm. context sensitive that's not how like Wolfenstein or pretty much any first person shooter like this works. And so there's this almost intrinsic kind of like rough around the edges feeling to it that that it partly feels anachronistic to me because so many games are going in the opposite direction. Like even an Assassin's Creed game, which I, I think show like shows a lot of cracks um, intrinsically because they take a bunch of like verb and mission sets and just kind of, Broadly overlay them on top of like a huge world. Even that is like, oh well, the character is heavily iked and to like every surface. And when you just press forward, you will just sort of seamlessly clamber onto objects right. and stuff. But like even in those games, you can push the character into like col- like a weird collision. With sure, walls that's just, just how that's just, that how mm-hmm. just how these things work. It's just how these things work. But a lot of games are try like try hard to soften that, and then when they do, it removes the sort of crisp crispness of player control. Wolfenstein doesn't try to push against that. It is a fully, like, crisp, player-controlled thing that doesn't, that rarely tries to, like, mediate your direct one-to-one, like, control of the character except when, like, a cutscene moment is happening or something. And then on top of that, there is no... Microtransaction stuff, or like online persistent layer, or like any of these things that even a single-player game like Assassin's Creed has that. You know what that's true
1: of also, though, is Bethesda released Dishonored 2 Prey,
0: Doom. I know it's it's totally it's a
1: really interesting. They're like like first-person library right now. Yes, very traditional. Totally,
0: but Doom. So that's yes, you're totally right. Um, Doom is a good comparison because. Doom also has all the things I just said, but also the thing that is different about Doom is that that game really, as much as it was hailed as a very sort of like throwback experience, really it feels incredibly modern,
1: I think. Like with like, the, the collectability and the like really earmarked find secrets and like, well, the, and the, I the, think like more the meta layer of stuff
0: you drill down into? Yeah, kind of, but more what I mean is. Yes, yes, but what what I what really stuck with me about that game mechanically was how incredibly smooth and sort of um, like multiplicative the gameplay was like trying to sort of chain together like you can get into a flow state in the new doom where you are it just feels like you're a, a death dealing whirling machine that is like bouncing from enemy to enemy, keeping everything going and and creating this.
1: It's that still felt crisp, but you mean that Wolfenstein feels crisp in a way older mode. Yeah,
0: Wolfenstein is just like it's a first-person shooter, and you run around and like shoot the guys. And there's it. it doesn't. It doesn't have that sort of explicitly reinventing um, kind of ambition that Doom felt like it did, uh, which is totally fine. Like that, I'm not actually saying this as a criticism. Uh, it. It was just a stark. Experience it, it I it's I it reminded me how f- I guess what I'm saying is it reminded me how few of these there actually there are now at the mm-hmm. AAA level that just it is not a model that is that common and so the, the things that they think of to spice it up are just really different like doom spiced itself up by really introducing I think a really impressive additional level of ambition onto the fundamental combat model whereas the things that Wolfenstein does are just in a totally like different direction. When that game opens, you are in a wheelchair and you're like rolling around a level in a wheelchair. <clears throat> and it's, it's clunky as hell. You're just, you're like, and you're banging into walls and stuff. But I, it's, I loved it. I'm like, this is such a w- unexpected, funny, clever thing where you're rolling around in a wheelchair. And when you go downstairs, you're like, bonk, 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 and, and you, you can't go back upstairs, which means you have to, you know, find conveyor belts and, and shit, and it's it's all linear and like designed for you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're in a open world where you're finding sure. novel things. But it's but it's it was just unexpected and clunky in ways that were surprising and fun. And I just really appreciated it. And it just they were there. They had to find ways to inject life and surprise into a much older formula in a totally different way. Um, and again the complete lack of any as far as i can tell of any acknowledgement that like online even exists mm. is just feels it feels different than yeah. than playing a a big triple a action game at this point um and i kind of appreciate that as
1: well uh i the this game has its developers that were Machine Games, yeah. which goes back to Starbreeze, which were the people that made the Riddick yeah. games, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. They. They. What a crazy heritage that yeah, is. Yeah. They were
0: key members of Starbreeze who split off. Okay. To make well, Nick, what did they make? The, do you remember what Machine Games made first?
2: Um, I, th- I mean, I think the first Wolf. No. Did they make something? Yeah. Oh, did Wolf? they not make
0: anything before that? Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they were founded as with as a.
0: Yeah, they did. They studio. started with.
1: Uh, with Wolfenstein Games, okay, I, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it's been a really interesting experience. It hasn't, it, it wasn't, it hasn't been as revelatory to me as a like collection of game elements as the new Doom was, which felt so fresh and imaginative as an actual game. Um, but it is fun and surprising in a kind of more classic way. That's kind mm-hmm. of nice. Um, so I've been enjoying it, and I hope I can fix this bug so that I can actually play more of it. Nice. Yeah. Um,
1: so you can kill Hitler.
0: I assume that. I, I, well, I don't know if that happens or not. I, I didn't actually finish the previous Wolvescine game, so I don't actually know where. I guess Hitler's probably dead already in this game. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. political
2: I, of you to say, Chris. <laughs> I,
0: I guess. I don't know.
1: I keep waiting for one of these games to just say fuck it and just have hitler show up with a chain gun arm
0: maybe that happened in the previous one i have no idea we would have
1: seen uh, there would be a meme all over the place of that if that well was, in this mm. game it's se- no i guess hitler's st- i think hitler is still alive
0: yeah i guess he still is he's just in the background there's like his lieutenant like his right arm lady is the is the sort it's of a machine gun. antagonist <laughs> in the game she's the actual
3: <laughs> god damn it.
0: <laughs> very good <laughs>
1: Probably we can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah, yeah. Her right arm, uh, lady, uh, her minion, his minion. Yeah, his machine gun, <laughs> wielding minion. <laughs> Hitler's minion is a machine gun wielding minion in this new dark fucking future. <laughs> also, this is the switch crossover game we've been waiting for. Oh, gross! Wolf will assign the new uh, Colossus, which is the Colossus <laughs> is of course a gigantic a Mar- fallen Mario statue. Oh, oh, oh I see. Yes, mm-hmm, uh, yes. and then yeah. B.J. Blaskowitz, Hitler, and his minion, comma a machine gun wielding minion. <laughs> I guess I don't know. They play tennis. Ugh, <laughs> gross. That's fine. No, it's got that Is nite- that fine? It's is going to have that, that Nintendo Mario charm? Plays tennis with
0: Hitler. Is that fine? He's playing against. What are it? our it's kids a, playing okay. on their Nintendos
1: these days? <laughs> 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 Mario playing tennis with Hitler, a minion.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Um, uh, so anyway, that, that was bet- our
1: good talk about microtransactions. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> All, yeah, once kids they ru- today can pay to unlock Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing it back to Hitler. It's not what I like. Oh, sorry. I'll stop talking about Hitler. That's okay. fine. Thank you. <laughs> this is like as far in the opposite direction tonally, or in every respect, pretty much of that. But the other thing that I've been playing recently is Thimbleweed Park, which is a, a game I don't need to talk about in great detail because Jake, you did, I believe, on last the uh, last episode of idle Thumbs. Weird, last it might have been two ago. It might have been two ago, yeah. Um did you finish it? I did. Okay, yeah. Had you finished it when you talked about it? No. Okay, I, I thought so.
1: The end of that game is w- weird.
0: Yeah, I liked it actually. Okay, I, I actually really liked the plot of Thimbleweed Park a lot. Um, I the some of the the dialogue got a little sort of winky for for me. Yeah. In some points, but that ends up being relevant to the end in a way that I don't know if I'm necessarily like in love with, but I thought the overall shape of the story of that game was really cool and I it was also really long which was really, it was really strange to play an adventure game that long now because definitely the current trend is for Really narrative focused or kind of adventure games to be like yep.
1: four to six hours long. I can't tell if it was measurably longer than old than like Monkey Island two or like adventure games that I played as a kid, but it felt of it. It felt of the length of those games when I was ten. Yeah, but I, now I'm th- in my mid thirties. It might be longer. Yeah, I think it might be longer. The re-
0: I- one reason I think it might be longer. So I the, the one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because I I played it on a Steam Link. Um, I bought a Steam Link recently because I was on Steam, just the Steam page one day, and I noticed that there was a sale. They had a like a 75% off sale or something on Steam Links, the physical hardware device that you plug into your TV and then it streams games from your computer over your local area network. And I had always kind of been th- – I, w- I always was sort of interested in it. I'm like, that's fun. Like as someone who really – pretty much exclusively plays games on my computer. I'm like, this would be a really fun way to just have them available on my couch without needing to have multiple copies of games or hook up any complicated crap myself. And uh, so it was super affordable with the 75% off sale. And it ended up being just like the exact thing that I wanted. And so the first thing I've played on it has been uh, Thimbleweed Park with my my wife, Sarah. I thought this might be a fun way for us to just play an adventure game together right, on the She couch. played the
1: old Monkey Island games. Somewhat recently, we, right? Or yeah, you Yeah, we played
0: through Monkey Island one together, yeah, okay. and oh. then and and uh, yeah, and 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 she enjoyed that, and I enjoyed that, and that was fun. And so I thought, well, this is a, literally by the same guy, um, and uh, also I I had just been wanting to play it myself, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I hadn't played it yet is because she and I had been I I had suggested it to her as something we could play together, and I I but on a computer it's kind of just a pain to play stuff collaboratively, and this ended up being perfect, and we both really liked it a lot and it took us, I would say, I think my Steam shows me as having played it for about 10 hours, Mm -hmm. that might be slightly inflated, but not by much, and the reason it's notable is because we actually played it on the simple puzzles mode.
1: Oh, crazy, okay.
0: Yeah, so the, I think, I, I really think is cool about this game is that you can choose between sort of full puzzle mode, which is how the game presumably was just designed, uh, in sort of the way it was intended to be played, but you can also play on a simple puzzle mode that just cuts out um, some percentage of the puzzles. And yep. every once in a while, you can, if you're playing on that mode, you can see like, oh, okay, clearly these four things I had to find would have been scattered around the world, and I would have had to do stuff to collect them. But now they're like, I find the one place, and they're all there. Right. And. Because if I were playing it on my own, I definitely would have done the sort of full mode, but playing it with another person, m- more of the benefit is sort of experiencing the ambience and the story and like just, just sort the, of oh. working your way through the narrative together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I it just seemed like it made more sense. But the the reason I bring that up in the context of the length is that I can imagine if
1: we'd been playing on full puzzle mode, it probably would have added
0: a few hours. Yeah,
1: I think that my playthrough time was, was a little longer than that. Yeah. I played it on, on full mode. I thought that it was really cool that that mode was back in there because that I, was like I thought it was great. Monkey Island 2 and 3 yeah. both had that conceit where they had a stripped down version of the puzzle chain and yeah. it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: so I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed our time playing through this game and it also, there are just things in it, uh, Jake, stop me if you already talked about this, but there's stuff in it that I actually just really miss from games like this, like cutaways to other scenes that none of your characters mm-hmm have any perspective into like I I totally appreciate the kind of video game trend and as someone who has made games that adhere to this rule like I totally appreciate the stick to the character's perspective you know don't just like arbitrarily show stuff the character can't see like I totally appreciate and get that but it is nice to some to have like there's a certain yep. kind of atmosphere you can get with the ominous cutaway and i really park like, like that doubles down on it it has it really multiple does. layers
1: yeah. of ominous cutaway yeah it, it feels like the world is building towards some sort of inevitable confrontation or conclusion that you can't quite see the entire shape of in a way yes. that is really successful at that thimbleweed intru- park is
0: great at that it is it introduces that stuff very early on Without any way for you to understand, literally the opening shots
1: of that game are just like vignettes of things that Mm -hmm. you have no context for. But you, but just by showing them to you out of context, you're like, "There's meaningful weird stuff in this game that I can't picture," and it's 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 very good at that.
0: It's really cool. I wish that kind of device were more. I wish more game developers were willing to um, indulge in that kind of thing because I think it can add a lot of interesting kinds of atmosphere that are hard to otherwise get to. Um, so yeah, I, I played that game with my wife, and it was we played all the way through, which is nice um, because I often just don't finish games. Um, and it was it was just cool, and the, specifically playing it on the Steam Link was great. The Steam Link pretty much just turns your computer into a video streaming thing. Like it can technically stream your just computer desktop. It doesn't actually like there's nothing going on that means you have to be just streaming Steam. Um, but anyway, but it has the Steam Big Picture mode, which is a sort of inflated UI mode of, yeah. of full screen mode of Steam that makes it easier to use a controller with. And I don't even have a Steam controller; I just have the classic workhorse Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty controller plugged into my Steam Link, and it works perfectly fine. Um, and so, I Thimbleweed Park also. It is definitely meant to be played with a mouse and keyboard, and I think I would have had a much easier time playing it with a mouse and keyboard. But they did implement a number of little helper um, functions with I, the controller. I, which I is played nice. that on the
1: Switch, and the touchscreen implementation oh. is very nicely done. I it's bet, really, it's I bet. really simple that's and, cool.
0: and felt good. That totally tracks. Um, so, anyway, that's my kind of like two uh, tier endorsement of both the Steam Link and Thimbleweed Park, which I really enjoyed. Nice. Yeah. Nick, you played something.
2: I played a couple <laughs> things. Yeah? Uh, I'll do a, a short little, two, I'll do a two-tier uh, mm. uh, review. Double-decker? Uh, yeah, I played a game called Bomber Crew, which I guess the closest thing I could compare this game to is FTL. It's it's sort of an FTL alike, <laughs> where you're playing, at, you're controlling mm, like five to six uh, little guys who walk around on a World War II bomber, uh-huh. and it is just a straight-up, kind of cartoony version of World War II, where you take off from kind of a like exaggerated, uh, fairly like low fidelity version of of London, and then hmm. every mission is you have to go to some point in Europe um, and do something like bomb this thing or cover this ship or do you know whatever, um, and you know it's very much like FTL in the sense that you control you directly control the people on the on the uh, plane and everybody has a certain role depending on where they are sitting in the plane so there are like slots that you can put them into like the tail gunner yeah, or, yeah, or like the communications FTL, guy yeah. or the radio man yeah. or whatever and you know inevitably like the point of the game is things will go wrong and the fun of it isn't sort of managing the chaos of the situation so like but unlike ftl it is not 2d it is fully 3d and so what's oh, interesting about it is you can sort of z- mouse wheel out and then just fully rotate around the bomber hmm. and then when you mouse wheel in it sort of locks to kind of a parallaxy sort of View of like the, in two D, but of uh, of the plane that sort of has a cutaway effect, you know, like a blueprinty sort of cutaway effect And oh, you can that's kind of you can slide down the the length of the plane uh, using uh, WASD, and then click on guys and sort of give them orders and you know yeah, as far as yeah, what yeah. to do. Oh, that sounds really cool. Um, and yeah, and it's it's <laughs> it's real time, uh, and I say that knowing that FTL is also real time, but FTL kind of to me felt m- a little bit more turn based in the sense that weapons kind of have like. Cooldowns cool and you know you can kind of manage there's things. A little I think there's more a, of a rhythm, kind yeah, of. Yeah, there was like a pause. I think you know in this game, I think since I played it, which was a couple of weeks ago, I think they actually did patch in an uh, an ability to slow down time. But mm. when I played it, it was just fully real time. And the way that you so you know you you fly to targets, uh, you have your bomber uh, you know guy who has to open the bomb bay doors and like bomb things or what have you. But you also have all these gunners. And the way that you target things, as well as target, you know, bombing targets, is by, like, holding space and then, like, a massive reticle appears and you kind of tag fighters and tag targets on the ground. And you have to hold it over them in order to, like, power up a a, a sort of meter. And then once it reaches its meter, then that thing is tagged. So it effectively limits the amount of targets you can uh, assign in a given period of time. Like you have to sort of deliberately target things um, as opposed to, you know, just having everything sort of auto target and you're kind of just, you know, on autopilot. Um, And, uh, but anyway, so, you know, so basically you're, uh, you know, you're controlling all of these, all these uh, different sort of uh, roles, you know, like the, the radio man has to, um, I think uh, there are a couple of functions that I can't, I can't quite remember, but like, I think mostly, Uh, you know, uh, the radio guy, um, uh, he receives like instructions from the base in terms of like waypoints that you have to follow. And then there's the uh, radar guy who like, you know, tracks targets in advance so that you can know like what is coming. Um, You have a map that uh, you can sort of pull out and uh, um, eventually you get the ability to actually manually uh, control the direction of the plane. So you can avoid certain areas of the map. Um, and, uh but, you know, the whole point of the game is basically just hitting a moment where, like, you know, the wing gets shot off and, like, you're just spiraling right. out of control. And, like, there are actually, like, there are hilarious things you can do in this game. Like, like they, they actually account for the... Uh, just complete destruction of the plane and all of your guys. Uh, and so, like, you can outfit them account with...
0: for by a game over screen? Or uh, you no, you can... For? Well,
2: no, I mean, not all of your guys. Like, most of your guys. that you can, you can equip them all with parachutes. Oh. And then they actually do, like, a... So, like, if your plane goes down, they'll do... In the sort of after mission report, they'll do sort of a die roll. And if you have, like, parachutes and if you have, like, the supply kit, then maybe, like, this guy made it and this guy made it. And they got picked up and brought back to the base and then the game continues with those two guys and a new plane oh, or good. whatever. Like That's cool. there are just a lot very of things X-com like that. Like. Yeah, it's very XCOM like um and uh but yeah, it's it's really it's fun uh and I actually should go back and play it because are the, they all my literal one
0: guys is it all are they sort of is it I mean are they are there also women? Men? Yeah, no, um, I'm just curious cuz you oh keep gosh. saying guys. Uh
2: they have names, you can rename them. They have different sort of appearances. There are women. Um you know, and the, there's a huge upgrade system in terms of, like, they have, you know, like, helmets, and, like, there's just a, a crazy amount of customization in terms of what their sort of outfits are and what the, you know, statistics that they uh, uh, confer. Like, like they have, like, uh, O2 bottles that, like, allow them to move away from their station, and if you're at high altitude, the air is thinner, and so they can move away from that station longer. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff in this game for, for kind of a small indie game. It's very well... Um, outfitted in terms of mechanics, hmm. it's, it's it's right out of the box. It was very uh, very interesting to kind of pick apart and you know mess That's around cool. with. Um, and it's called when you're upgrading Crew. the plane as you go and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's called Bomber Crew. Uh, yeah, if you liked FTL, I would definitely check it out. Nice. I had not heard of it. You got yeah. a lot of just interesting little stuff that I am not aware of. I at this point I just go on the Steam store and look at like recently released God, Indie games. I and can't just, I
0: don't know how to do that. There's so much stuff on Steam. I just
2: pick one. So for instance, my second game that I'm gonna tell you about is a weird ass game called Terroir which is a game about making wine. Like wine? Yeah, I was going to say, like wine soil. You know, soil?
1: Nick, the, the best thing you could do, which no, I'm not going to actually ask you to do because it would take mm. up too much of your time, is to put all this shit on the Idle Thumbs Steam Curator list. Oh, steam, cura- steam Curator list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you should do that. I, It's not yeah, worth it, but so. if you did it, it would be so helpful because then I would find them. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. Because yeah, I think the Idle cool. Thumbs is the only Steam Curator I follow. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think that's actually true of me as well. Um there was this little, really, really small-scale uh, indie game, I think made by one person, um, and uh, it's a game about making wine, and it's just sort of a hex-based overworld, and uh, you have your little... Uh, a vineyard house that you start with, and then you have different plots that you can purchase when you gain money. And it's interesting because it actually teaches you kind of about how wine is made as you play yeah, it. That's cool. Um, it's just got like a goofy sort of clarinet background track that just kind of loops. Like and a it's just, goofy uh, clarinet,
1: like it's like a just, wacky sort of like upbeat klezmer. Like yeah, it's just like you know, just cartoon sort of lulls
2: you. No, it just lulls you into kind of okay. like a, oh, you're making wine, and you know the seasons are passing and. The whole, the whole point of the game is kind of like choosing which grapes to plant and then you choose a time to harvest those grapes. Once you've harvested them, you have to like determine what method you're going to use to like press the juice and then... Oh, wow, but, this, the, this has like a board game aesthetic almost. Mm-hmm, like it looks yeah.
0: like, Cata- like Settlers of Catan. Yeah, Catanical it
2: totally thing. does. It could be made into a board game probably, uh, although you're not really playing against anything other than yourself, so it would be silly. Uh, but, you know, and then you, you, you kind of balance each wine in terms of tannins and acidity and all these things which I didn't really fully understand but now that i played the game I kind of get it Um, and uh, you know and eventually you bottle your wine you have guys uh, come to review and uh, you know your wine is reviewed and then you sell it to sellers and it sells better or worse depending on certain factors
1: so you you sell the contents of your cellar to a seller and it sells yes (laughs) Um, it's (laughs) yes
2: uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's fun. I I enjoyed it. You it's very very simple, but it it and I, I it's not like a fifty hour kind of experience. But it's, I like that it's,
1: it appears. It, is the ha- is the wine market uh, presented mechanically in this game? Because if not, whenever you get to the selling phase, you should just crack open Vine Handler and play an entire round of that, <laughs> and then go back <laughs> to this game.
2: Yeah, I mean th- there are other winemakers. I-, I think right now the sort of mechanics of that are fairly uh stripped down like they're not they're okay. not kind of simulated Well, like we know that they should
1: borrow from the greatest uh card yes, game of all time, of Wine course. Handler. Yeah. yeah. Uh yes, they should. I
0: like that this um, game apparently has sort of Informational interstitials in the vein of civilization, mm-hmm. except that in learning about except instead of learning about the colossus of Rhodes, you're learning about Merlot grapes. Yep,
2: yep, it's very sensitive goofy.
0: to the elements and prone to rot yep. without meticulous management. Merlot is not the easiest to, varietal to work with, but the winemaker that dedicates the time and care to bringing this grape to life is rewarded with some of the lushest and smoothest wines in the world. Alive with fruitiness and gentle to the palate, thanks to weaker tannins and acids, a successfully crafted merlot does not need too much time in the cellar to mature, but can be enjoyed much sooner than
2: other reds. Yep, it's uh and it's, then there's a, it's nice, a wine bottle. There's a of nice the game.
0: little like ink <laughs> illustration, yeah. like hand illustration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really of good. Merlot yeah, grapes. no.
2: It's a very charming game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It, you know, a lot of the, a lot of it comes down to sort of the the seasonal changes and and there's a, a kind of rain mechanic and that's sort of a randomized, de- determining how fast your grapes mature and then kind of clipping the grape uh, mm-hmm. vines and making sure they don't over overage. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it taught me a lot about wine, which you know I don't really need to know about, but it was interesting, but especially living doing, near uh, you know wine country here. In you're San learning San about it just and... time to leave. Yes, exactly. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway
0: this game is developed by the general interactive company oh so not one person
2: or maybe one person and it's they just a few call people. the people oh okay
0: mark armand jenny and farhan nice. and
2: Raf. nice so five people according to their website yeah it's i think it's also very early um i'm i again i played it a couple of weeks ago i think there already been a few updates i think you know they're they're sort of i think they they have some plans in terms of boosting the marketing phase of the game etc cetera, etc cetera. you know sure. it's kind of what you would expect with a game like this on early access i would expect to, them to boost the marketing phase no, they're sure. going to they're going to boost it
0: <laughs> i thought you meant of the like
2: oh yes I of, the, of the actual the, games uh, marketing, oh, marketing. yeah oh marketing. yeah well yeah, uh, yeah. our marketing hand boost to the Chris. marketing
0: phase yeah, yeah. And, press the button
2: well the, i this is the boosting right right now <laughs> that's true we're doing
0: the boosting
1: <laughs> leave the boosting to us yeah. please uh, I saw in your feature list that you're going to boost the marketing phase. We've already been talking about it on the podcast, so that doesn't seem nec- necessary to <laughs> time. Maybe you can spend your time fixing uh, some other like features. Like adding multiplayer? Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Anyway. Well, yeah. Should we do some reader mail? Yeah, sure. What? Let's do some reader mail. What? Jake objects. Oh, no, I love it. Oh, okay. Let's do it. All right, we have an email from Andrew Brinkman. Hi, he, Andrew. And or he goes by Andy, who says, oh, Hello geez. thumbs. Hi, Andy. In Mario Tennis sixty four, there is what appears to be a long lost blue hat clad Mario brother acting as referee. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys aware of this? <laughs> I saw this online
1: recently, I think.
0: Uh, there's a uh, Yeah, there's just a there's a blue Mario brother. Oh, Hanging out on the side of the hmm. court.
1: I have to assume that this is the long ago mentioned lost Mario brother Ludo. Ah, Ludo, the, uh, the sort of hoity-toity Mario right. brother who went to college. Yes, that's true, and uh, sits in judgment of his. Mm. Yeah, of his. Ludo, Ludo prefers physical... the classic games like such as tennis and go.
0: Right, <laughs> but he referee. He wouldn't. Exert himself on the court. No, well he's mm-hmm. never been one
1: for the games himself. But he really no, appreciates he, their, their study he appreciates and judging. The art. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well, Andy asks. I mean, <laughs> we're already answering, but he asks. I thought I'd turn to you, the masters of Mario lore, to ask who is this blue Mario brother? Why was he oh, qualified Ludo. to pass judgment on the others? It's Ludo. It's, <laughs> where has he been since? He was probably getting his doctorate or something. Yeah. Oh, yes, Andy.
1: Um, <laughs> Yeah, he was. I can't remember what episode we talked about Ludo. It was like a, just the pre-roll of some random episode of, of yeah. old ass thumbs. It was. Dude, was we're it? on episode three hundred and something, and yeah. it was probably on episode like seventy. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was episode seventy. I don't think it was. Uh, but that's who it is. Yeah, me, Ludo. Nathan Grove <laughs> writes, <laughs> "Hi, thumbs." I started listening to Idle Thumbs around the 200th episode or so, and I couldn't get enough. So I decided to go back and listen from episode one all the way back in 2008. Oh, don't do that. That, Well, too late. That was about the year I really started getting interested in games and game design. So I've been following the industry very closely all these years. Even then, you expressed some disinterest and fatigue about the direction the industry was taking with regard to narrative and gameplay. But you seemed optimistic that AAA game design was just in a bit of a rut, microtransactions were just growing pains, and that we would soon break out of it. Fast forward to 2017, here we are with the majority of games being about combat and microtransactions ruling the ma- majority of the AAA market. We've had some amazing outliers over the years, but in some ways it does feel like stagnation. I have to wonder if, you're, if your guys' enthusiasm for games has been waning because of it, and if that's one reason you decide to, d- to launch Important If True, which I love, by the way. Games are my job and passion, and no one really talks about them like you guys used to. Cheers, Nathaniel Grove. I guess it's hard for me to perceive the line as strongly as someone would if they went back and listened to people talking about the games industry in in a sort of like binged fashion Mm -hmm. over a decade. Um, But yeah, it is weird to think that microtransactions in their much clumsier, rudimentary form have been going on that entire time and we were uneasy about it all the way back then, Mm -hmm. having no idea what a sort of fundamental part of, I mean, it's so fundamental that we don't even, the word microtransaction itself feels kind of clumsy, but like the idea of in-app purchases on free iPhone games, like the, the notion of buying more stuff inside of your game is so is such a fundamental part of games across so many different axes at this point that it, it has just become utterly integrated and assumed to a degree that I don't think I could have possibly imagined. And it, it, it yeah. is kind of a bummer to me.
1: I think that it was the, the, um, the keynote, the GDC keynote, when Jay Allard <laughs> unveiled the um, – Jay Allard, our friend uh, Classic and, and painting. Yeah. When he unveiled the operating system – of the Xbox 360, that was, right. I think, a pretty clear outlining of what the entire future of gaming could be. Like, in that, yeah, that was when true. that thing uh, showed up with you have a consistent, that was like your gamer tag and gamer score, and also using money to buy credits, which you could use to buy microtransactions and games, which existed in sort of the same meta layer as the achievement system that was also announced then. Like, that, that, like, Package dropped in that keynote was a surprisingly prescient prescient thing. I mean, and it was also it wasn't it was it was prescient, but also it was literally what they were shipping like months later.
0: You're right. That's Mm. I mean that's true. But what I kind of remember about that is that a lot of the stuff he said. Didn't actually happen for a while because like, I remember. Yeah. Didn't he say stuff like, "Imagine getting like new like, new rims, rims for your for car"? Your car. And again, oh yeah. And I remember that actual like some of those specific examples didn't actually yeah like, like tiny they,
1: tiny cosmetics like that, and it feels like maybe. But like, now that stuff is everywhere. Right. Like Bethesda dipped a toe into the water with horse armor. Got uh, hit in the face. Yeah. And then they got hit <laughs> in the face. But every but other game that's just like, that's all over the place. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because if Bethesda did that, they would still get punched in the face because they they uh, everyone's like. Everyone's eyes on them. Well, like behind them, every every other game is yeah. just cosmetic. Everything all over the place. Yeah, in, in tiny st- in stores.
0: And I mean, I think part of that is probably because a game like Skyrim or Oblivion is sold explicitly and pretty much entirely as, as a full experience. An like this, yeah. this is a fantasy. hermetically sealed yeah. world yeah. Yeah.
1: you can enter, and it's just a complete experience. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, I, mean, I think. I, uh, as opposed, I mean, to being, as opposed to it being sold as like a digital lifestyle. Well, right. my memory like of this is that World of be.
2: Warcraft is, is one of the, the, yeah, the games WoW ha- that sort of yeah, punched yeah. through this. Yeah, and true, that, that yeah. makes sense in the sense that you expect it to be sort of be constantly updating. So they, they got hit for their like mounts and stuff early on, I think, yeah, but not did, nearly yeah. to the degree that Bethesda. I mean, and yeah. people bought that stuff and well, then they kind of... And, kinda, I, that, and also,
0: I think World of Warcraft is yeah. less of a literal escapist situation than skyrim is because in world of warcraft you've got other people with goofy names like human names running around doing all shit skyrim really is like you are alone in a wow also is a social experience
1: it's i think it just is it is it possible for it to be like a lifestyle experience i think wow Mm -hmm. even if its initial presentation was not that that's entirely what it became what it is yeah yeah Yeah. and you know like sports games racing games shooter games most multiplayer first yeah. stuff yeah. is way more lifestyle than
0: experience. And it's it's weird seeing something like the Assassin's Creed series, which in a lot of ways could be the sort of hermetically sealed world escapism model because it is a really high fidelity, massive land area set in like a historic area that is kind of like the fantasy is to travel to this time and place. But the direction they've taken it in is just missions every like, Sort of identical missions mm-hmm. everywhere, UI elements everywhere, systems overlapping everywhere. Buyable well, stuff yeah. like yeah. save time by buying their in-game currency with real money that you then use to buy the thing. Like the experience.
1: yeah, it's interesting. it will be interesting to
0: see the um, you could
1: make Skyrim that easily? There, yes, you uh, maybe the pacing of of the actual moment-to-moment button press is in Assassin's I guess Creed the way is way quests faster. Quests work yeah. are also, way different. Uh, also, Assassin's Creed Origins has that like historic slash tourism mode coming soon that is a complete like i'm really curious what that experience Mm. is and how hard a line like what percent of ui cruft and sort of like micro details like meta micro details make it into that mode man yeah i forgot about that i really want to play that i haven't actually talked about assassin's
0: creed origins which i have played a few hours of but I have already found myself so exhausted yep. by the sort of just the, intrinsically repetitive the I, nature of it. The odds that I, a
1: crazy person, buy an Xbox One X just to play the Assassin's Creed Origins tourist mode in 4K is very high. Mm. The odds mm. that I drop way wait, too much money. might
0: that be the first new game I buy for my Xbox One X? You have oh, an wait, Xbox no, One I have S. wait, have Xbox One S. Eat damn shit. It. Oh, <laughs> damn.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay Allard would never have named them these things. He would name it the uh, perfectly normal Xbox 360. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's true. Um, Your Xbox is still good, though. Well, You're, my
0: computer will play it in 4K.
1: That's true, but does the Xbox One S have HDR? I don't remember. You probably don't have a TV that has that. Whatever. No, what but are we it, does,
0: talking about? it does have 4K mm. for sure, and it plays Blu-rays in 4K, which is one of the reasons I got it. Yep. Um, but yeah, that uh, yeah, and I, I would say that yes, I I mean, we have all, I think, throughout the history of Idle Thumb certainly myself, gone through. Game fatigue. I would say the one of the big things for me right now is like ha- simply having enough time to play enough games to sustain a video game podcast, which is one reason we do this monthly now. Yep. Um, I, 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 it's, it's funny because every once every once in a while I'll go through a month where I play so much stuff that I'm like, oh, I could definitely just do a new podcast about this every week. But then I'll go through a month like this one where yep. I'm like, oh, there
1: is no way I could have sustained that. The Switch has actually really helped me with my game Seems fatigue. Like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it's, the last time that I had super game fatigue actually was in the early days of Idle Thumbs, the website, like a little over a decade ago, when was sort of like the original Xbox and the PS2 were a big deal, and I felt like a lot of console games... That was right
0: on the cusp of the Xbox 360, PS3 era. Yes, and yeah. it,
1: I I was feeling... I mean, there are a lot of amazing games of that era, especially as sort of history has shaken out. Uh, a lot mm-hmm, of the totally. a lot of the generic stuff has, has left our minds, but I felt at that time like that sort of second generation of 3D systems, there was just so much aesthetic monotony at the time. I felt like in a lot of mechanical monotony at the time of a very different kind than we have now, but sort of the like over-the-shoulder 3D platformer shooter felt like it was just taking over my life. Mm. And I remember feeling like the um, GBA and especially the Nintendo DS at that time, um, plus I guess the very beginnings of the indie game scene as it exists now. Right on PC really worked to get me out of that funk and lasted me for a long time. But mm-hmm. then I, I finally was declining again. Uh,
0: but being able to just Intel play... Until another Nintendo handheld pseudo-handheld It's so system. different, though. The Switch is so different from know, the way the I DS know. was. This is yeah. just like
1: you can play regular-ass video game Red, video games yeah. in any configuration that happens to be convenient to you at that exact moment at a consistent fidelity and experience and control level and experience. Mm-hmm. Being just like... Like, it's crazy that I'm thinking about just... Uh, I suspect if I buy Doom on the Switch, I'll get way farther in it than I did on the PC because if I go on a vacation, I literally can just take the same Doom sure. game with me and play mm-hmm. with the same controls. Or like if I want to sit on the couch and play a little mm-hmm. bit further, I don't even have to plug the system in, but I can just... Can or I can, and, yeah. but just yeah. that... Again, I'm sure it's what people who owned uh, a Vita or a PSP and loved right. them just scream into the infinite void that we're all yeah. idiots. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah whatever like uh it's been, it's been it's been really nice to have to have regular video games available at, in such a simple way mm-hmm. which i guess is like the the sort of when steam the sort of rise of steam was that but for just it's your computer and you can have one little window that you can double click on and have a game come out whenever you want yeah this is a similar sort of revelation to me even though the types of games are different and the fidelity is different sure. but yeah. just oh i have instant access Relative to what I previously had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Game funk.
2: On the note of not having enough time, I have to go. Oh man. is you oh, this your
1: uh, is your last appearance of Leon thought. Yeah, so. we should mention that. So Nick
2: oh. Brecken uh, Do we, we have to? You already, <laughs> we we did not
1: mention it, no one would notice probably actually. Let's hope See? that let's hope
0: that's true. Um, let's hope that we can make it seamless enough. But if you already know this if you listen to our podcast, Important If True, but Nick Brecken is moving to Vancouver. I, um, for at least five months. Yes, um, because his uh, your girlfriend Janelle got a cool job up there. Yep. So that is that is a good reason. Um, but unlike the last time this happened, we are going to attempt to bridge that gap seamlessly with uh, remote recording. Something we've always been resistant to in the past. But you know what? Let's just actually give it a shot and see if we can't make it work. Since we
1: started out of Thumbs basically 10 years ago, the- uh, Internet's uh, gotten better. Internet's yeah. gotten better. And the amount of sort of tech, technology and middleware, even explicitly for podcast, yeah. for remote podcast recording, has gotten a lot better. So we think it's we true. can do it. And you won't notice other than uh, if you watch the video version- You'll n- definitely notice. You'll notice <laughs> because Nick might get replaced with a TV that has Nick's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my current plan. Yes, I hope so. so.
0: We'll see how that works out. All right. Um, all right, see you, Nick. Bye. Bye. I miss Nick. Me too. It's almost, it's almost, oh, like almost he gone. was just here.
1: Dude, fuck Nick. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Nick. Are you kidding? Cancel podcasts. Kidding this shit. Idle Thumbs, throw in the trash. <laughs> it's been really good doing Idle Thumbs with you, Chris. You too, Jake. Well, if you
0: have a question for us on Idle Thumbs, for any of us, including Nick Brecken, you can write that to questions at idlethumbs.net. Um, if you, uh, uh, sort of alluded to our other podcast a couple times on this episode for various reasons. If you're interested in hear us, hearing us talk every week about weird bullshit that uh, just silly crap in the world, um, just a goofy, weird podcast with us talking about strange things, you can find that at importantiftrue.com, and it goes out every week.
1: Last week we spent a long time talking about what it would be like if R2D2 could talk. And that's I really I really enjoyed <laughs> that true. conversation. That was a fun, <laughs> really
0: dumb conversation. Um, so if you enjoy that kind of... If you enjoy the parts of this podcast that ended up being about well, Nothing. Like Mario's m- like mumblecore road trip movie or whatever the hell that was, you might enjoy Important If True. Um, and uh, you can, again, you can find that at importantiftrue.com. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, idle thumbs, please consider uh, telling a friend. Um if you rate us and review us on iTunes, that also helps out a huge amount in terms of just making the podcast more visible to people looking for a good video game podcast. It means a lot to us when you spread the word through any means whatsoever on social media, in person, whatever. Uh, and uh, on that, that uh, that's- On that up. note,
1: this podcast is actually now also available ad-free- Oh, that's true. If you go to patreon.com slash idle thumbs and back us at $5 a month mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. Uh, so this podcast goes out once a month on that feed, along with important if true every week, uh, ad free of that as well. Yep. So if you really want us to just say dumb and or insightful and or really dumb uh, garbage into your ear all the goddamn time with no ads, just us. Yeah. Just just you. No and, ads, just us. No ads, justice. <laughs> Uh, go to patreon.com slash
0: idle yep and uh, yeah and on that that really is that really does wrap it up uh, for this idle thumbs I am Chris Remo I'm Jake Rodkin Nick Brecken was here
1: <laughs> God a wild meme appears fuck you that's a hot topic shirt <laughs> yeah Yes, it is. It's a Hot Topic shirt that aged real bad because it had a Pepe on it. It had like a pixel art oh, no. Pepe oh, as a Pokemon. No. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, I need to turn the scene rotator on. Otherwise, this podcast will be really boring. If the cameras don't cut, people won't even know. If the scene doesn't rotate. The podcast is boring. If the podcast is boring, the
0: scene doesn't <laughs> rotate. <laughs> <The> scene rotator <laughs> is powered by excitement.
1: <laughs> scene rotator is- Keep pretty. the energy up,
0: guys. Got to keep the scenes <laughs> rotating. <laughs> Ah, it's what? Pepe, but he's a Pokemon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Really running out of ideas, guys. <laughs> but but I was told the scene has to rotate. Oh, Chris! Good news. I've I've found a script on GitHub that rotates the scene regardless of how enthusiastic we are. Oh, my mm. God! God, they could throw this podcast in the toilet along <laughs> with the other ones. Who and. <clears throat>